I don't even know what that is. What are you going to do with this? There's nothing it's, that could possibly go wrong with that. I don't know. We really didn't have a plan. This is pretty, pretty hard hitting, right? It's kind of hard hitting, but that's okay. Hello and welcome to another potentially useful episode of the TCAPS Loop Podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and like Tom Holland, her career exploration is uncharted. It's Danielle Brostrom. And joining Danielle on this journey is the STEM career Sherpa of Northwest Michigan. Welcome to our special guest, Shelly wow. Vandermulen. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we set course for this week's episode, let's reflect on our previous journeys with the TCAPS loop moment of Zen. If you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. Zig Ziglar and Shang-Chi. By the way, which fabulous movie. I know that Daniel has not seen. <laughs> Super fun. Anyway. I haven't seen it either. <laughs> so, so Shelly, I couldn't recall, but I believe this is not your first time on the pod. I think you've been on the pod before. I was, and I was trying to think how long ago, but I think it's it's been at least six, seven years, I think. Um, it's, it's, so- it's, it's been a while, and I don't think, you know, speaking of careers, I think you had a different role. I, I did. I was at TCAPS and I was doing um, the elementary curriculum and kind of organizing that and sending that out for teachers. The interesting similarity that I have to now is it was a lot of support and encouragement and helping educators find what they needed to do their jobs and supplying them with resources and materials and things like that, which is similar to what I'm doing now. It's just more with career exploration now. So. Yeah. Tell us more about that current role because the STEM Sherpa of Northern Michigan, I assume, is not your official title. Although I do like it, Larry. <laughs> it should be, though. I might have to it change that. So, yeah, I might have to change that. Actually, my title right now is Career Exploration Specialist. Although I do actually, I'm, I'm kind of definitely thinking about changing that to Sherpa this next year now. It really is kind of a combination. Over the past few years, I was at Michigan Works and now I'm with the MyStem Network. The MyStem Network actually covers seven counties. So we cover the um, North Ed Services area, so TBA area, and then we also cover SHARM. Um, but I do a lot of stuff around career exploration. Um, in the last few years, legislation has come out for educational development plans that you students need to do seventh through 12th grade, which is kind of like doing career exploration, talking about like, you know, how your classes will be impacted by what kinds of things you want to do. Um, but also school improvement plans have also included K through 12 that you need to do career exploration components. So that's kind of been pushed in the last few years, despite COVID having definite impact on that. Um, but more schools are being more proactive about engaging those things into their classrooms. And so I've really kind of helped um, counselors, especially in educators, kind of get some of those things in their classroom. And the other part of my job, which is really fun, is I, I'm getting to get more involved with STEM kind of resources and education. So not just the career part, but I get to help with like engineering as elementary and promoting STEM through literature. And now I'm dabbling in coding and kind of helping with some of that. And I'm having a blast. So Shelly, you and I had this um, interesting conversation the other day. We were just talking randomly about things and your insights on how careers have changed. Um, I'd like to talk more about that because I know it's it's different since we joined the workforce. It's not just, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? Can you 
talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, in fact, actually, I, I've done this with several groups of students over the last few years, but one of the places that I like to start, I've actually done it with adults too, but um, one of the biggest thing is, is I talk about what's the biggest difference um, in that changes jobs over the years. And I usually let them guess and they guess all sorts of things, but really it's technology. And I kind of start with the fact like, you know, how often do you have different versions of your phones? And actually most teenagers have had more versions of their smartphones than I have. But we talk about how often that changes. And if that changes so often, how do you think that impacts the jobs that are out there? So we talk about different kinds of things like that. And then I also like to mention in the 60s, when we put a man on the moon, our smartphones are currently more than a million times more powerful than the technology that they had then. That changes everything, you know. So usually when you kind of start with a statement like that, they're like, whoa. Um, I mean, that still blows my mind. So, so you do things like that. But also, you know, currently it's over 65% of kids in elementary school are going to have jobs that don't even exist. And when we were in school, that was just not even a concept. I mean, the reality has happened, but the concept, I mean, we didn't think about there would be different jobs. Um, and you know, the, the other factor too, is it was more about like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was more like a static, you were going to make a decision and do that one thing. And the reality is, is that has drastically changed. Um, people used to have, you know, two, three, four jobs during their career. And now, um, the current average is 12 jobs in your career. Um, and people change jobs every like two to three years. It used to be like up to 10 or more years. And now every two to three years, people are changing jobs. And that's just going to become more and more often based on technology because that just changes jobs. I mean, there's jobs that don't exist now or there's jobs that do exist. You know, um, you've got genetics, but you also have, you know, this whole concept of just simply checking out your groceries. I mean, self-checkouts really weren't a thing not that long ago. Um, and now we're talking about self-driving cars. Things are changing faster and faster. So we really need to make that philosophy of not just what do you want to be when you grow up, but what kind of problems do you want to solve? What kinds of things are you interested in? Because your job is going to change. You can't have, you know, like, I'm just going to be a social worker or I'm just going to be a teacher. Those things are going to keep changing and evolving as, as things continue to change. So it's not a static thing. What you're talking about and what you're seeing out in the community probably really changes our work in the classroom and in K-12. <laughs> Help. <laughs> How do we do that? Good question. I think part of it is definitely looking more at an integrated process. When we're doing our job, we're not like just writing or we're not like just doing math or we're not doing... we. We integrate those things in our in our lives, whether we're balancing our checkbook or whether we're, you know, sending an email about a job or one of our kids or whatever. There's this integration process of what you're doing. And I think that we need to focus more on how these things are connected to life and, and how they're connected to each other, which is one reason why I love the STEM skills, because it's not really just about using science, technology, engineering, mathematics. It's about that cross-curricular kind of concept of like, how do I use those things at the same time? Um, the other interesting thing is that actually I talk to employers all the time and across the board does not matter what company or what kind of, you know, field it is. And they all talk about 
they're looking for people who are reliable and responsible, people who can work as a team member, people who have problem-solving skills, and good communication skills. I mean, they're looking for those soft skills. And I think we need to, like, not that we need another subject area. I'm not trying to say we need more things for teachers to do, but we need to look at those as those are extremely valuable skills. And those can be incorporated into everything that you do because that is what the employers are saying we need. We can't teach these, we can't teach people that when they start at our job. We need them to know that. We can teach them the hard skills, but we can't teach them those soft skills. Um, so that's one of the things that we do. A lot of the activities and stuff that I do are much more integrated about like having kids go do career interviews with someone they don't know. So they get used to that face-to-face kind of thing. Or How do I email someone? How do I talk to them on the phone? Or how do I meet with them face-to-face? How do I ask questions? What kinds of questions do I ask? Um, you know, because it's part of that process that they're going to need to repeat. It's not about, again, that static decision. It's about knowing that problem-solving process to how do I figure out what I need to learn and what I'm going to do next. And I think that's part of the, we need to kind of integrate that more into the school process as well, that it's not just learning this information because the information is out there. We need to learn how to kind of sort through that and how to prioritize and, and integrate it. It's making sure that our students become learners. Yes. Another thing that I share with students, and they love this. I mean, watching the eye rolls after I say this is just so much fun. But I always tell them, I'm like, hey, when you graduate high school or you graduate college, guess what? You are just beginning learning for the rest of your life. And they're like, what? I mean, they think that they're going to be done. And it's like, you're not going to be done. When I think even, you know, in my lifetime, the amount of technology that I had or I should say, did not have, you know, when I was in high school and college compared to what I've had to learn over the last even just, you know, 10 years. It's like, wow, I never even imagined having to learn all this. And you do have to keep learning. You can't just stop with what you have. That just doesn't work. You're not effective. And so we need to teach kids that it's not like you're done. It's this is just a process. And that's okay because it's fun. I mean, it's maybe not always fun, but learning should be fun. I don't think learning has to be painful. Learning can be fun. It's, you know, exciting to try different things. And I think we need to kind of remold that. Um, I love the learning about the design process because it's kind of like a plan, do, study, act, or come up with an idea, come up with a design, and then implement it. And then you kind of evaluate it. And you kind of keep going through that cycle, the iterations and the prototypes. I think we need to look at that as career exploration and learning. Like we're never done. We're constantly going through and evaluating it. And and that's why I think it's great. I loved learning that because I'm like, that really applies to everything. It's not just about an engineering concept. It's about life. And if we look at that rather than looking at, you know, like this, there's a static right answer for everything. Um, we look at it more as a process. I think that actually helps kids in the long run to understand that, you know, it's not about always having the right answers. It's about going through that process and learning. Careers tend not to have a finish line. A lot they of mile don't. markers, a lot of mile markers, yeah, very few finish is. lines. Yes. And that's okay. That's what makes it fun. Yeah, it does. So how, how do you create relevance? Do you try to 
show them the relevant connections to potential careers when you're talking to them? And that's what we're building on. So I would definitely not say we're there. Well, actually, I would never say we're there because I always think there's a way to improve on the process. So therefore, I'm never done. But we're looking at ways to tie in the careers into the classroom. So like right now, um, we have a project with the career profiles. And um, the career profiles are basically like an infograph that has a picture of someone in their career. Um, Danielle, for for instance, did a fabulous one. Um, so Larry, you're, I'm going to have to send you an email so you can do one too. Um, and then it has like where you work and it links to that. Um, some of them have a video. And then it has kind of like your core tasks what the average annual salary is, and then also has some sort of like career advice or information about that person's career path. And then it has links to some different like career tech programs because we're kind of emphasizing that hands-on learning and also other things. But we're we're now kind of looking at not just using those for a general career exploration lesson, but we're looking at tying those to like, how do these different careers tie into different levels of math? So, um, for example, I met with some of the, you know, math instructional teachers just recently and, and we were talking about like, how can we line these up so that when you're teaching measurement, for example, you can talk about how a carpenter uses it versus how an engineer uses it. Um, how do you kind of connect those things? And I think that will make it a little more clear. So we're, we're working on a variety of ways to do that kind of stuff. Um, and that to me is like really exciting. Because I know for sure for my kids, too, it was always like, why do we have to learn this in school? Like, what is the point of this? It's not just to torture me. And I'm like, no, it's really not just to torture you. Um, I mean, that is a bonus. But yeah. Shelly, how do you help teachers in our region do this work? I know you mentioned the career cards and that we can have access to that. But how can you support our teachers in TCAPs and in the region that are going through adding more of this career exploration into their lessons? So there's a variety of things that I do. I I do some professional learning op- opportunities um, throughout the year. We have some different things, like I me- uh, mentioned, engineering is elementary, which we have components are promoting STEM through literature. But I also do just like career exploration resources and use some lessons and, and give people resources that they can use. I do also sometimes help with different events or activities, help people line up a speaker, like having someone come into the class, whether it's a video or whether it's in person. It's hard to get that for everybody, and it's certainly obviously been harder the last year or two. But having those real-life people show up and, and, you know, like have them actually talk to them. Um, It's kind of fun. Like, for example, when I was talking about the communication skills, when someone from the business world says, you know, you need to have this reliability and problem solving and communication skill. It's a lot different than when your teacher says it because it's kind of like your parent versus when your parent says it versus somebody else, you know. And so I think those opportunities are great. So I help out with that. Sometimes I don't have a lot of time to get to different classrooms, but sometimes I kind of will help show up at a classroom and kind of help talk a teacher or counselor through an activity so that they can kind of, you know, get going with that too. So yeah, I've worked one-on-one and with groups on doing a lot of different things and I love doing it. Well, actually one of the things that I'm working on with one school right now too, and we've done a few in the past is like a career vehicle event for elementary school which is great. They're doing a jobs on wheels. So we're going to have all sorts of different vehicles from like electrical bucket truck to, you know, fire truck to police car. 
But then also we're going to have like a roofing companies coming. Um, we're hoping to get a vet there. We're hoping to get different, you know, kinds of things. So kids in elementary school can like see, touch, smell, whatever, and kind of get that experience. And we did one a few years ago and there was a garbage truck there. And it was hilarious because they had the big bucket. So the kids all wanted to ride in the bucket, which we're like, yeah, it's probably not safe. But after that, you know, you hear teachers and, and the educators were telling me like, you know, these kids would come into classroom and say, hey, I saw such and such truck on the road. You know, it's like, oh, they start to think about those as like careers rather than just the vehicle that they see. And that's a great connection to do things like that. And I think that's amazing for them to at least be aware of all those types of things. Educators are amazing. That's all I have to say. Great. They really are. And they do a lot. And, and I'm not trying to like come up with extra stuff for them to do. I'm trying to help them, you know, like integrate this in. So it's, it becomes part of that process because I, I'm married to an educator. I'm the the daughter of two educators. I am all about like teachers and counselors are awesome. Um, They do a ton of work. They have a lot on their plate. And so I really focus on trying to find What's the best thing that you can do in your situation that can kind of tweak things to make it a little bit better without like having to like throw everything out and starting over? I'm not saying do that. I'm saying what's one thing that we can kind of tweak to help you move closer to that kind of thing? Shelly, I love that the things you're talking about fit right in with the SD standards. Like in this pod, we talk a lot about the SD standards and we, how they're the same as the MyTechs, which are the, the tech competencies yep. for Michigan. And like those things, empowered learner, global collaborator, um, computational thinker, like all those things are exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. In Ooh. fact, um, I, I love that. Actually, one of my favorite things when I went through the engineering is elementary training, they have and no, I'm not going to sing this for you, but they have a song in the um, like preschool kindergarten class. We where love they singing. Sing, I, we, we sing We Are Engineers and they do it to Farmer and the Dell. And uh, it's We Are Engineers. We Are Engineers. We can solve problems. We are engineers. And I love the concept of like, even if they're not going to be an engineer, it's so empowering for them to like, we can solve problems, you know? And I think that should be true of any career they, they're, they're going into. And it's like giving them that early on that concept of like, I'm a problem solver, you know? Um, I think that's super empowering and it's really fun to, to see kids start to do that. So I really kind of like that concept of putting that in there. I kind of integrated like the knowledge constructor, innovative designer, computational thinker. I mean, these are things that we that we were talking about when we looked at the design process of like, how do I sort through this information? What information is relevant? What's not relevant? How do I determine what my skills and my interests are? I mean, even identifying the difference between skills and interests, you know, um, I've had a lot of conversations with educators where skills isn't just it's something you're good at. It doesn't mean you like it. It's something you're good at. Like some kids might be good at math or penmanship, but they like hate it, you know? It's like, okay, but you're still good at it. So it's still a skill, you know, and whether or not you choose to do it, but just identifying those differences um, also helps them start to identify like, what are my work values? You know, do I want to work in the evening? Do I want to work during the day? Do I want to, you know, 
am I passionate about environmental things or, you know, do I want to um, help people or what, what are those things? And, and just that process of trial and error or, you know, trying to learn just those different types of things. Cause I think there's so many adults that don't really always consciously think through those things. And I love when the, all of a sudden the concept kind of, you know, like you can see in the kids, they're like, Oh, you know, those light bulbs go off. And so, yeah, I think a lot of those um, are in there. And I think, you know, like the the global collaborator and some of the problem solving stuff goes back to also that lifelong learner concept. I mean, that's what we're trying to teach them is that you're going to keep going with that. So, yeah, I love love tying into the ESD standards. So I don't feel like my parents' generation ever thought about those kinds of things. I don't even think it was what do I want to do? It was, this is, this is what I'm going to do because Mm -hmm. this is what my father did, or this is what my parents expect of me. Or like that, that concept of even do you like to work during the day? Do you like to work at night? Do you like to work remotely? Mm -hmm. All of that is, is kind of exciting. Well, and I think too, that, you know, part of the thing is when the school systems were originally kind of developed the way they are now, it was really focused on a lot of people went into like manufacturing type jobs where you kind of did the same things throughout the day. And there was like a routine. And right now jobs are continuing to evolve and change. And I mean, if you're doing AI or you're doing genetics, or frankly, at this point, even if you're working in a grocery store, you have multiple things that you're juggling and, and, and doing these things. And from the grocery store to engineer, there's so many technology changes that you can't, there's very, there's fewer and fewer jobs that have like that routine where you're doing the same thing every day. Um, there are still some, but there's fewer. And so I think that that's really pushing us to, you know, become problem solvers, to become, you know, proactive and, and lifelong learners. And our, our environment and our climate, our job market, the, it's changed. I mean, there's a whole new world out there. And I think that's why this is so necessary. The the level of complexity, you know, as you were saying, Danielle, has changed significantly in regards to careers. So to have somebody there to to help create those connections for our students so that when they're preparing to leave the school system, they're not overwhelmed by the options. They have a little more of a sense of what's there and have the opportunity to, to have some criteria to narrow down what they're looking for based upon their interests and needs. I would assume, you know, anxiety, stress, depression, those are all so prevalent with our young people. And I think a lot of it is that 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 fear of the unknown when they leave our school system. I mean, it's, so to help them have some solid ground, you know, besides you're going to college, which just not, might not be right for, for every single student to give them some solid footing post-secondary is such a benefit to our kiddos. I think another thing that's changing too is that there's a lot broader concept of for a long time, it was just, you know, go to college, go to college, go to college and college meant like four years. And now there's becoming a shift where post-secondary learning can be anything from like on the job learning to like apprenticeships to a two-year degree or a certificate, which is usually like a year or whatever on up. 
And it's like, there's a wider range. And for example, like skilled trades right now, there's huge shortage in skilled trades and they don't, they don't end up with student loan debt. And you know what? They make good money. They use math and science and physics all the time. I mean, you know, like if you're an electrician or, you know, you're working in um, carpentry or, you know, um, HVAC and stuff, you actually have to do a lot of different calculations and, and measurements and uh, adjustments. And I mean, electricians are using TRAG, you know, and, and you don't think about those kinds of things. And so I think we've kind of um, are starting to kind of elevate those options. It's about the learning process, not about like, this is the one thing that you need to do. When did that change happen, Shali? Or does anybody know? Because I feel like this is my 20th year in education. And I think when I started, we were still talking, you got to go to college. Everybody's got to go to college. Even when I started doing this career exploration thing within the last few, four or five years, it still was very heavy push for college when I did that. And I would say that in the last few years, it is definitely starting to shift. Um, and counselors um, are more aware of this. And I think probably the last thing to shift is actually more parents because a lot of us in our generation are still tied to like, you know, if you do that. Um, But it also used to be the reality is if you did a four-year college, you were guaranteed to get a better job and more money. And that's not necessarily true. Statistically, you're still more likely to, but the reality is not necessarily true. And I think that's changing. And so it's harder for parents and those of the older generation to kind of make that shift. And you talk to millennials or, you know, um, Gen Z or, you know, I can't always keep track of these. My kids laugh at me. Their perspective is very different. It's no longer, you know, I'm going to get a house. I'm going to get two cars. I'm going to do this. They're much more like, well, I'm probably going to end up renting because I probably can't afford a house or I really feel passionate about the environment. So I want to reduce my carbon footprint or, you know, I want to have a lifestyle where I can travel or I can do those. There's not this same kind of push to be part of this kind of cultural norm, I guess. It's a very different, very different work values and expectations. And I'm not going to say necessarily better or worse. It's just different. And so I think there's definitely a shift for that as well. And I think we need to kind of look at that too. Like we can't expect kids to value the same things that we did in the same way. Yeah, but 10 years ago, one of the questions we were asking ourselves in education is how do we how do we prepare students for a future we don't know? How are we preparing our students for careers and we don't that we don't know what they're going to be? And I think we're starting to have a better understanding of how to do that. And I think that's being um, being seen through what you're doing and, and through the, the conversation that we're having on this pod is that, okay, not only are the careers different, but the people fulfilling those careers are different. Their value stream is considerably different. And I think employers are starting to understand that as well. The value stream of the millennial or whoever else is, is just different from what ours was because the, the, the playing field has changed for them significantly. Definitely. Um, It it is a different world. And I think um, there's a lot of articles and information right now too, about just the the conflict about, you know, working, especially between like baby boomers and millennials, because they just look at things so differently. And, you know, I mean, not individually, there are some that look, but I mean, generationally, there's a very different perspective on that. And, and I think we need to, 
just acknowledge and respect that, that things change. And again, going back to like some variables aren't necessarily right or wrong. They're just different. And I think, um, I know like when I was growing up, there was more of this concept of things were more like, you know, black and white, right and wrong kind of a thing. And, and I think that, you know, like millennials, I mean, my kids are 20 and 24, like there's a lot more gray areas, I guess I would say. Um, and, and part of that is because they have way more information than we ever did. You know, like even Danielle was talking about how she had CNN. I mean, when I was growing up, we had like, you know, CBS, ABC and NBC. I mean, you know, it was crazy when we got MTV. I mean, <laughs> you know, now you have like 24 seven news channels, you have multiple 24 seven news channels, you have Google. I mean, your amount of information is just like infinite. And when we were, it, I mean, you know, I remember we had encyclopedias in our house, you know, I mean, how often did you update those, you know, um, it's just such a different world and, and how to navigate that is they have information overload. And so we really need to teach them how to identify and process it because it's not lack of information, it's overload information. Um, and, and which is very different than how I grew up. And I think we need to kind of recognize that in education and in life, that's just a very different philosophy. Um, I noticed you have a couple more questions there, Danielle. Do, do you have time to kind of run through those? Or do you want to get them another time if we want to have Sh- Shelly on again, if she'd be willing? We can definitely do that. I just want you to tell me, Shelly, what's one thing you're working on that you're totally jazzed about? Um, the career profiles that I mentioned earlier, I'm really excited about because Um, We're actually integrating them in with Michigan Works, which is also a great thing for kids to get to know. People associate Michigan Works with unemployment or with, you know, like when I can't find a job, but they have so many resources for people to help find a job at any level at any time. And so I think it's great to connect them with that, but they have career pathways. So our career profiles are being connected with them. We're using them in general lessons for career exploration. Um, But now I know, like, Danielle, you're working on a project to use it with some elementary students. And and we also have, like, that tie-in now with math. And I like the concept of, like, again, it's actually demonstrating that integration process of, like, how can we, you know, help students become familiar with something that they can use in different ways. I mean, just the tool itself is becoming an example of that integration and adaptation kind of a thing. Um, So I love that. And kind of the same line, we're doing the promoting STEM through literature where we're taking these books and and adding more STEM components. And um, it's obviously literature. We're doing some SEL components and we're doing some career connections. And just, again, it's that inner integration of all of those things. And um, we've got some awesome people working on that. And it's just the need to collaborate with different people in different areas. And, and just um, I have fun about with it. And it's just exciting to do that. So I love it. I love what I do. All right. Do we have a tech tool of the week? I do have a tech tool of the week. So, oh, so I am currently taking um, some professional learning courses through Michigan Virtual. Um, they have some that are paid, but they have some that are free. And I'm taking the Go Open one right now so I can learn more about Go Open Michigan. And 
Wow. Uh, Go Open Michigan, for those of you that don't know, it's this collaborative initiative that people can um, create, share, and access openly licensed educational resources. So those OERs, they're free. They can be um, modified in certain ways. You just The licensing is right there, so you're not wondering if I can take this and change it and make it my own. Um, there are so many amazing things on Go Open. The more that I'm learning, um, I am just in love with this resource. And I think every teacher should take some time at Go Open Michigan and just see what is there. Uh, Shelly, what do you have on Go Open? I know. I was, that's why I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Um, I, I do use Go Open too. And actually we have our K through two um, elementary lessons on there for career exploration. I also have the upper L through high school. Um, both of those links are on there and I can send those to you. But we also have some of our promoting STEM through literature and we're kind of actually working on updating some of these things too. So yeah, so we use Go Open too. There's It's a great opportunity for people to do that. And I love that concept of, again, it's kind of like that design cycle too. I know I'm a little obsessed with the design process, but people can take them and prototype them and, and build them into something else. And I love that continuous improvement concept. Um, you know, like, how does this work for you? Because it's going to work differently for one teacher in one classroom than it is for another. So no, I love the go open stuff. Doesn't it feel kind of like the teachers pay teachers, but where everything is free and everything yes. is yours and you can change it and make it better? It's not yes. like you're just paying for these PDFs that you can't make any changes. Like, yes, it's awesome. I mean, you do have to screen it. There's some stuff that's better than others, definitely. But but it's nice to have a starting place to, you know, so you don't have to start from scratch. And I love that. So Larry, Tech Tool of the Week, check out Go Open Michigan. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Shelly. So much information. I'm really excited to get those kids um, a, a clear understanding of what's what their future could hold. Thanks, Larry. And Danielle, thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, I'll definitely hit you up for a career profile. And if anybody else listening wants to fill one out, you know, hey, mm-hmm, let me know. All right. In closing, you can find us on Twitter at TCAPSLOOP. At BrostromDA. At ShellyVM20. Rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, Downcast, Overcast, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring. That was good. I'm really glad. You're still recording.